Adam Marcus. I'm delighted to have you again on the podcast. Can't get rid of you guys. You're, you're on it. This is probably your fourth time, I'd say, on This Is AC. You've definitely been on it a couple of times with when we were doing the Doing Design podcast. Um, but I'm over in Nuremberg and you've set up this conference with Florian Bailey um, called Teaming with AI. So where did this come from? Um, you know, how did the conversation start about setting up this this event? Because it's an unconference. Maybe we'll talk a little bit the difference between a conference and an unconference in a minute. Maybe Adam. Like most of our ideas, it came from Marcus. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, I, we started using AI tools in our work like uh, two or three years ago when when the mm. first kind of uh, language models popped up, um, and we were using them just to augment some of the tasks that you know we had in design so that was specifically around prototyping generating hmm. uh, t- taking a concept sketch and 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 reworking it into a little advertisement to test oh, yeah. it with users that's something that these tools were really good at from the hmm. start and then of course you use it you know in the global service jam work that we do like in nonprofit yeah. work where you don't have too many resources to kind of you know get some stuff done you know do a do a little text for this or that and uh, so so we played around with this stuff but then as as things accelerated last year hmm. um, I got talking more and more also uh, with Florian um, yeah. and they were starting to use that in their actually in their agency work hmm. And so we got talking more and more um, how we can apply that and, and really reset the way we work in design using yeah. these tools and, and what the impact was. The problem was that every time we talked, a new tool would pop up. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, yeah, there was little helpers, but then these tools were getting better and better or scarier and scarier. The situation was changing all the time. So we were saying, Wow, this is an interesting situation right now. The potential is there. There is also um, we need to see what works and what doesn't work, hmm. you know, and maybe you know, fence off the the scary parts. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, this is not a situation where you can turn to an expert and say, "Hey, how's this going to pan out?" Because we know from from areas in history where there is massive change. Yeah. The experts, a lot of them were wrong. And it's absolutely super hard to tell which mm. ones of those experts today are the ones that, yeah. you know. Who do you ask? Yeah. Where, where do you start? And uh, th- that's not because, you know, th- they're bad experts. It's just because the world is changing and it's a complex problem. So yeah. it's really hard to tell how things pan out. So, Adam, can I just ask you, like, the, the difference between a conference and an unconference? And both of you, I've learned so much from you from just working alongside you for a couple of years great facilitation amazing facilitator skills that i've learned from you you're really strong on prototyping and stuff but what was the outcome that you were hoping to achieve by creating teaming with ai well part of it is what you're talking about in the in the second part of that is ai marcus talked about that there's also teaming you know we work in organizations most of us in some kind of collaboration it might be inside the organization or externally co-trading with our users with our customers with our partners and so on so there's a human element to this as well i come from theater and we're very yeah we're very interested in human co-creation and how much that involves our bodies and so on as well as just our minds and our keyboards so we thought what would fit that kind of explorative situation 
where you're going into a situation where there are no experts. You know, we could have a, there are forethinkers certainly in this, but there's, it's, it's happening so fast that you have to just try stuff. Mm. Also to develop not just an, an intellectual, but an emotional relationship yeah. to what's happening. So we want a situation where people can try stuff. And an unconference is, the idea is it's a conference where the agenda happens on the day. Yeah. So rather than talking about what was, what was interesting four months ago when you set the agenda, which in this world would be just wildly different, yeah, people came along today and we had a session yesterday as well online and they would actually suggest, I want to do a session on this. And that means I, I have some thoughts or some knowledge about this I want to share or it means I'm really curious about this, I know nothing about it or it means I want to try something. And we're really pushing that last part. We're having sessions running throughout the day. We made a, a really quick agenda of sticky notes on the wall and people are deciding I'm going there, I'm going there. They're even switching between sessions if they want to at points. Yeah. So unconferences, sometimes called bar camps or open space technology, I think is a fantastic format for free exchange, especially when something is being explored. Okay. One of the things that I, I realized when I got into Nuremberg yesterday was the outcome of the event was apart from knowledge exchange, you want to create a white paper that sits alongside the work that we're doing here. Why is that important? Well, I, I believe the conversations are great, but a lot of the um, a lot of people can't be in the room, mm. and this is a starting point. Yeah, as I said, you know, yeah, the, we do this as a conference because, and uh, I'm conference, sorry, uh, because. Uh, you can't plan this because stuff is changing so rapidly. That also means right now is the time where we have to prefer what some people call knowledge flows over knowledge stocks. So we have to put ourselves into a flow, into a river where knowledge is created about this new subject. Okay, I love And we that. need to be closer to people. We need to build that community. And so this is a starting point for us. So certainly we'll we'll do more activities and we'll have to do more activities maybe there's a second iteration or a third iteration of teaming with ais and on conference there might be hackathons there might be champs there might be just normal you know more more podcasts around this topic Absolutely, just yeah. to to kind of get it out there and also um being aware that you know we certainly haven't heard all the voices that are needed to be heard yeah um this was a one group of people and there are other groups of people that need to reflect that and a traditional medium like a white paper where you put in some thesis say you know is this where it's going so maybe that white paper goes out also with a question mark and as an invitation to react to it and then yeah. you know kind of I love that. start that conversation you mentioned there about the service jam and like that's been going for is it 10 years uh, 12 now. 12 years, 12 years. And you mentioned there about, you know, how AI has been used in the jam for a number of years. How have you seen it recently? Because it's, it's changing daily at the moment. Like what what are the, what's happened in the last year in particular from OpenAI opening up ChatGPT? How have you seen it being used in the recent jam? I think one of the main differences is just accessibility. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of different <clears throat> tools and so on out there, but the chat interface or something like ChatGPT is just so accessible yeah. that people are not scared of it anymore. We can nearly all type a question. Whereas things before were were scary or weird or too techy uh, and, and thus not cool or mm. whatever. Yeah, 
or cool to a certain type of person. So I think just that general accessibility that I can pull up my phone even and I can put something in there quietly while we're discussing a thing and saying, well, here, yeah, here are six things we could talk about. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or here, here's the design for the first step. And we're seeing in jams, as in, in our other work, that that's what this does. It's that acceleration function. You still need to have your discernment, your, your, your judgment, your purpose around this before and after this. But it's just that, that extra iteration that goes really, really quickly and gets you a basic structure. In a jam situation of working fast, that's very, very helpful. Yeah. It can lead to complexities which you then have to deal with, yeah, because you get so much so quickly. Hmm. But that's another challenge of working in fast formats. The fast is also something that a lot of people react to, not necessarily in a positive way. Because hmm. um, understanding doesn't, or, you know, understanding takes time. So just because I've got a list of 10 potential pain points doesn't mean I understand these pain points and what they imply. Um, however, Getting there actually buys me time to to deal with them, and there is a few parts of of that whole equation that you know you can't outsource to a machine. That is empathy. How how you can't outsource the empathy? You you can't also pass on empathy. Mm. You know it it comes True. from from experience. So hopefully, speeding up other tasks gives us more space for these meaningful things. More human interactions. Yeah. I just want to, I know this is a short episode that, that we're doing here at the moment because we're all busy with the conference, but many people probably don't realize that Adam's background is in psychology and uh, Marx's background is as a physicist. So you, both of you have got some unique perspectives on what this might look like in the future when you combine both of your skill sets. What does it look like in your eyes, Adam, and then Marcus, in terms of the next six months as this rolls out? Where do you see it going? What does it look like for the role of a designer and a facilitator? How do you see it's going to work? I don't know. Uh, it depends. It, 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 <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think it's it's very hard to know. And I would almost say that uniquely at the moment, because it's very hard to keep up with literally what's being announced from, from day to day, it's almost hard harder to say what's happening in the next six months as it is, say, what's happening in six years from now. Yeah, But I think... You mentioned psychology. I'm really curious, and this may sound very esoteric, I'm very curious about when do we start seeing these things as minds? When when do we start seeing them as as beings? As things that might one day have rights, yeah, as 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 personalities and as people. And that may be decades away. Um, it may be less, but I think it's a thing that's gonna happen because you know, Turing tests are flying out of the window now. Marcus? I would say, you know, it's the similar thing as Adam, you know, we, we don't really know where this is going. What we do know, however, is that some of the problems um, that we need to tackle and that we need to run experiments around. Hmm. So in a, in a way, focusing on the change just drives you nuts. But focusing on the questions that are underlying this change, they don't change so much. And then we just need to run experiments around them. And uh, I mean, there is a there is a few kind of tangents that that I see that are that might happen very quickly or are already happening. So that's easy to project. Is we will see an influx of new tools and interfaces that package that kind of core 
capability that we see in ChatGPT, uh, you know, packaged now in a more structured interface with buttons, with uh, different ways. We, we try, today, for example, we try to set up a, a system map using ChatGPT and it just swamped us with potential stakeholders and their relationships. And you know, so we, we could query everything. It was a heap of information and that needs to be, you know, we need tools to, to, to catch that stuff and, and keep up with it. And the the sticky notes we used didn't do that for us. I know, yeah. So, uh, I've, yeah, go on, Adam. Just a, a quick side thought on here. Um, I think what's important to think about in times of acceleration like this is also what stays the same. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got a friend, and as I understand it, she goes to tech conferences dressed in medieval clothes and says, "What's not changed? Yeah, what has not changed since the medieval period? Because there are some things that are still the same through all humanity." We still need human contact. We still need movement. We still need faces and so on to see. To lesser and more extensive, based on your based on your preferences, but it's still a thing that we all need. This is not at the point yet where it replaces that. Yeah. We still need purpose. We still need ethics and so on. So, let's think about that as much as we think about what's changing. Yeah. At, at the same time, you know, it's looking at the design. One of my hobby things: the design process itself. It, this might change a lot and in a good way because right now um, iteration is often not played that well. You know, we see that in some, some of the studies. Yeah. And the, so th the tools allow us to go from after we identified an issue or, or, or a need yeah. to support us with ideation and quickly prototyping something in minutes means there is a dissolvement of this kind of, oh, is that a face? No, maybe I shouldn't call this a face. This is also why, yeah, that's an activity and they keep and you know coming as, as we need them. Um, and so let's go back and forth between these mm. things, or actually mm. back and forth, but you know, just always see, okay, now if that's the need, what kind of ideas does that open up mm. quite instantly? And then see, are there any new questions that throw us up? But wouldn't it be really nice in the design process if we focus more on implementation and actually getting the stuff into the hands of people quicker and actually using that? I think there's been an awful lot of yeah. navel-gazing in the design industry for the last 10 years, and it, it can really help shape that conversation, reshape that conversation. There is, um, this is super interesting because, because I believe this, these technologies help um, a team that has an interest or a pain to do something about this. Yeah. Because today, how is it today? You know, I have a problem. I'm a parent. You know, I, I've, you know, someone um, has an idea of what to do for better learning tools for the kids, whatever. But they need maybe a technology person to help them do this. Yeah. But you know, AI and a lot of other technologies now enable anyone who has a problem to actually go far further by building something On themselves yeah. um, than any time before. Mm. And so this I see as, a, as an opportunity. Yeah. And because if I need to convince someone who doesn't have that problem to help me, it's yeah. always a big step. True. And that, that ends a lot of initiatives. So in that, in that way. But there's also danger, isn't there? I mean, you're talking about the importance of implementation and doing and so on. And even before we get to implementation, one of the things that we're always pushing for, our, our, our book is, this is service design doing, yeah? Yeah. Um, get out, get on the street, see things, build experiments, build them in reality. Yeah. You know, designers love their labs. 
Yeah. We, love to, we love to stay in where it's not raining. <laughs> we have to bring people to us, you know, test them in control conditions, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But that is not real. No. And the, one of the dangers of, of one of, the, of the, the, the seductive sides of AI is that I can do very good sort of vicarious research and so on from my keyboard. And a desk is a dangerous place from which to try to understand the world. And so I hope that we can use this to, as Mark said before, make time for more of that stuff, make time for more of the important stuff and not to replace it. Yeah, absolutely. Last question, like, you know, we all train in specific areas of design. Um, with the growth and the hyper growth that you've seen AI over the last six months probably uh, or so, like it seems to have grown exponentially, it's going to change how we train the material. Like you know, the material is going to change already. When I, when I was going through that design process workshop with yourself and Steffi, I was like, oh my God, some of, the, some of the stuff that I'm teaching that I've researched in the last six months is probably not going to be relevant in the next six months or 12 months. How do you see like this is service design doing, which is still the best service design course in the world, folks, if you want to get your hands dirty totally go to tis.com. How do you see that evolving with AI in mind? I don't think we're there yet. Um, and I think there's another little collision here. Um, this could get complex, so let me try and sort of break it down. A lot of designers, especially in service design, focus very much on the tools. You know, yeah. They focus on the maps, you know, the journey maps, the, the personas, this kind of stuff. And Stakeholder so maps. Stakeholder maps, all these kind of things. And they're super useful tools. But one of the most important things about those tools is that usually the conversation you have while making the thing is more important than the thing itself. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's the mental processes and the team mental processes you go through to create that thing which are the crucial part. That's the learning that takes you forward. Yeah. And I can imagine we're, making, we're emphasizing that more in future. Yeah. Because it's too easy to say to the AI, make me a journey map and it provides you. I mean, there's great software that does this for you and that can be super, super useful. Mm. Yeah. But then you've not made the mental steps you need to take and the empathic steps you need to take behind yeah. that. True. So I could imagine this might be a thing that we've talked even more about, that where are shortcuts not useful? Yeah, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, totally agree. Marcus, you want to? Yeah, yeah I, I, I think on the, on the tool level, tools might change. But there is a certain logic. And, and why are we doing research? Hmm. Why are we doing ideation? Why are we doing prototyping? Yeah. And how do we plan for these activities yeah how do we structure them how do we line them up mm. and i think that is something yeah it might also change through ai but the basic principles of how these things work th mm. this is also the main part of the book and it turned out you know it's it's not that tool level yeah. and, and we always say yeah yeah that's a that's a first selection that we mention but there are so many others that are good and depending mm. on the project that you might fit in and now the AI might help us use the principles that are outlined Yeah, um, actually generate some new tools okay. that are more fitting because it's easy to adapt now. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, Adam and Marcus, as always, it's brilliant to have you on the podcast. You're easily two of my favorite people on the planet, let alone just on the podcast. If people want to follow both of you, um, I'll put links to your link LinkedIn try saying that you're probably not so much on twitter anymore adam's still on twitter um is there a newsletter for people to sign up so if they want to find out more about the teaming ai 
uh, unconference if there's going to be a version two of it. Uh, how can they sign up to that? Yeah, it, it will be on the website te- teamingwith.ai. Okay, awesome. Uh, we'll you'll find all the all the information there. Okay, yeah. listen. Thanks so much for your time and congratulations on another brilliant event, folks. Thanks for coming. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for having us. So that wraps up the two episodes that I recorded at the Teaming with AI event in Nuremberg recently. And as you can see, we as change makers are about to experience change like we have never seen before. Our advice is to start learning, start playing, start exploring with AI. And of course, we will be helping you keep up to date with all things related to the craft of design on AI as well here at thisishcd.com few thank yous i want to thank florian who fed and watered me from their incredible two-star michelin restaurant in nuremberg the restaurant is called Etz, and yes we have an episode with florian coming up soon i'm talking about Etz, as there's an awesome story there about how they've used service design to design incredible experiences something to look forward to there folks thanks also to workplay experience for inviting me and the podcast along to the event and to all the wonderful people that I met learned from at the event I felt truly honoured to be here and be there should I say and it was a privilege to share space and learn from everyone learn more from by visiting teamwith.ai and visit This Is Hate CD to listen to our incredible back catalogue of over 200 plus hours of free human centred design material on our website thanks for listening <laughs>